Hi, welcome to That Reminds Me Of, a podcast about film and the films that remind us of that film. You're here with Baron and the Doc. And the Maestro. Do we need another drink? Yes, we do. Yeah. Well, Baron, here we are again with our friend, Sean Mackay. Sean. In case you, hey, guys. In case you all haven't listened to uh, the full episode on Avatar 2, Sean... And the two of us, we've all just and the maestro, we've all just been catching up, having a really in-depth talk about Avatar 2. So go check that out. This episode, <laughs> this little mini episode that we're doing now is about <laughs> Oh, that, the that, that actually looked really smooth, <laughs> really <laughs> slick. Yep. Awesome. Um yes. And in case you're listening. That's so awesome that you bought an actual hard copy. Yeah, like, I'm jealous actually. I I was just thrilled when I went on on there and saw I had the option to. Let the, let's just start with this. This is lunch eater. Sorta, yeah, yeah, sorta, exactly. Lunch eater raw, yeah. Lunch eater yeah. sorta. That's that's what impresses me that I was able to get a a hard copy of it. So this is in its raw form, straight out of this man's head onto the page, mm-hmm. and then I think mm-hmm. he made a point of not editing or yeah. doing anything to it at all and yep. uh, just adding a little bit of commentary um, in between a few of the, the chapters. Um, so it's not the sort of thing that you generally as a reader get the privilege of of having a look at. So yeah. it's just, just the, the whole concept. I, I love the fact that you, you released it online in serialised form back in the sort of turn of the screw, Charles Dickens sort of <laughs> mode. I know that he didn't write Turn of the Screw. I'm just, just saying they, yeah, yeah. both him and Henry James did similar, similar things. Sure. And and was this how was this how Twilight was released as well? Did that set off as fan fiction that was released bit by bit? Have I just got that little factoid? Are you thinking of Fifty Shades? Fifty Shades. Fifty Shades. That's was the one. Twilight yes. fanfic. There you go. There you go. Love it. Fifty Shades. <laughs> <My> goodness. <laughs> um, However, this is, is your nothing. First, like is that your first? That first reminds me of for lunch either. Fifty Shades <laughs> Grey. Well, there are a couple of blue sort of scenes, you know. Yes, not there blue are. like Avatar. I mean, blue like you know. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, um, can I say there are? I don't know whether they'll survive to the next draft. If I'm honest, though. Two notes. Um, two notes. Yeah, I've got a couple <laughs> notes right here. Our, our, our good friend Doc has actually written. Oh God, it's marked up. He's marked it up. That's he's awesome, read it. man. He's underlined. He's ticked things like yes, nice. <laughs> Um, here, here he wrote try hard at no, he didn't. Uh, no, he, it's nice. He, he, he's written in it. Wrong. See me after class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's um, how I read. I like reading like that. And there's, there are a lot of underlines and ticks and smiley faces. So that's, that's a good thing. I love it. And does the smiley face, uh, is that, is that that you smiled while you were reading it or are you just saying, yeah, nice. No, I definitely smile. I probably laughed. Okay, great. Smiley face is usually Excellent. a laugh. That's yeah. great. You know, I find that's a real lost art in this day and age, that whole like going through an actual hard copy mm. of a book mm. and like marking it up and jotting down notes in the margins and stuff. Marginalia, they call it. Marginalia, so indeed. There is an art, yeah. There's an art to it, which I'm not... Also sounds a bit dirty. If you want to yeah, it is a bit dirty. You, yeah. can write, you can write anything in the you can write things in the margins that you would never write elsewhere. <laughs> you just add alia onto the end of uh, anything. It sound right. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to just say about this is how ballsy uh, and great that you have done this and released it 
raw. Thanks. I just, I just, I think that's super impressive because a lot of people wouldn't have the balls to do that, um, and to put themselves out there in that way, unedited, unproofread, sort of just like here it is, folks, and I'm doing this on purpose. I'm taking you on the journey. Uh, yep. Fully aware that there will be more work to come, and this isn't finished. And a lot of people don't want to show anything that isn't fully finished. You know. Mm. Yeah, look, I think the first hurdle in terms of that was the newsletter for itself. Like getting through that and pushing it out in chapters yeah. week by week or day by day as it was towards the end. You know, that was the real kind of breaking the seal in terms of doing it in front of people. At that point, it just made sense to extend that and, you know, put it all together in a book, put in some commentary, you know, and so if if the newsletter was kind of like, hey, play along at home with me while I release this book, yeah, this is more a, you know, something that people can pick up and go, okay, so this is what a first draft looks like and this is the sort of stuff that maybe you think about as you revise a draft, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciated the, the commentary as I was going mm. through it. Um, That's the best part of it. Yeah, particularly when you're saying things like, here's what I was trying to do or here's what I'm trying to do here and I'm not sure if I've achieved it or not. Yep. You know, and there's, because I know that feeling when I'm working on things that mm -hmm. I'm writing on where I'm going, I know what I'm trying to do here. I have no idea if it's working. I don't know yeah. if it's going to stay that way. I don't know if anyone else is going to respond to it. And just to sort of read your inner dialogue that, you know, is clearly well, there while you're going through this. I, I think we've all got it and yep. I think we just don't talk about it mm. enough. Yeah. Like I know that as writers, we sit there and go, writing is rewriting and kill your darlings and stuff like that. But it's all just kind of platitudes yeah. compared to the actual work of getting in there and going, all right, what works? What doesn't? What do I need to fix here? What do I need to change so that this bit down the road plays? Like, yeah. And even even if nobody read that, going through and marking up all that commentary and actually thinking about the book in sort of that framework actually helped me to be able to kind of continue on in terms of drafts. That's interesting. That's a, that's something I would never think to do, but that's a, that's, that's cool. Should we, um, I'm inclined not to spoil it, even though you spoil it in your commentary, um, <laughs> which is a spoiler. Of right. its own. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm inclined do. not to spoil it here, but we should at least give a sense of what it's about. Sure. I don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah. much is spoiling and how much isn't, but it's set in a um, public service kind of situation <laughs> uh, uh, yep. where anyone who has any knowledge of, of either the public service or, for that matter, an office environment in general mm -hmm. will um, immediately, if nothing else, Get some get some laughs, yep. out of how that's portrayed, because yep. we all know the characters in there. And then I think beyond that, there is a a through line to the story that is a little bit darker. Um, I don't, yep, uh, that's fine. Uh, that's all I would like to say. I wouldn't want to stuff it up for people unless either of you want to spoil it. I'm happy to. I I potentially think about the spoiler point much later in the book than you guys might. Yeah. Like, I think it's fair to say it's a, it's about a guy who is a public servant 
who is mildly good at his job and then the apocalypse happens. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I feel comfortable saying that without actually feeling like I spoil anything because I feel yeah. like the turn the turn on that happens early enough. I agree. In the, yeah. 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 And also like you don't you can't sell a you can't sell a story by saying it's about a bunch of people in <laughs> in a beige public service job without some sort of conflict and i think you know yeah the um yeah. the pandemic or the apocalypse is sort of the thing that mm-hmm. turns everything on its head yes exactly yeah. yeah and and there is a a b story really isn't there baron um that i think you quite like uh that is relates to the the title of the oh, novel i love it i love it and i know this is a point of contention <laughs> perhaps because i think this is fair game to could, talk about yeah that. well the, the, the yeah. book is oh, called yeah. lunch eater and there's just these beautiful scenes or chapters where you're suddenly in the mind of a person unknown to the reader who this person is that just likes to go through people's lunches in the fridge and steal the delicious looking ones and go back to his <laughs> desk quietly eat them and then dispose of the evidence and i just think it's beautiful it's so wonderful and also there's something about that character that reminds me of the public service, <laughs> which is maybe where it's come from. But like, you yeah. know, having worked in the public service for about six years earlier on yeah. in my career, um, all these characters are so familiar and the feelings mm-hmm. of that you portray beautifully here of what an office space and the day-to-day work is like in that setting uh, is so familiar and the thought of somebody just spending their time perusing the lunches in the fridges um, just makes me smile because it's great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But your issue is that in in the commentary, I've said that I'm going to take them well, out. Well, that bothered me, it? yeah, because that was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> I understand the thought because you either go all in or you go all out. Yeah. You don't, you it's, know. So It's interesting. Since you've said that, I've had a number of people say to me, like, no, you need to keep the lunch eating stuff in. <laughs> yeah. if, if anything, I want more of it. And I'm like, oh, That's God, I've got to write about, I've got to describe more food. Like, God damn. At some point, now I want to find it, um, I texted you a note about uh, stealing stealing lunches, but also just thinking about, about um, the color coding of foods. For, anyway, there there is a section where you just start dropping some uh, some knowledge about <laughs> food and the coloring of food and you know how things that are chicken flavored are always green even though you would never want anything that is actually chicken to be green because that's very exactly upsetting. um and that and also th- and the one that made me laugh was that uh um something about licorice flavored things yeah how how only old people eat those and nobody else really wants them well, so true. How you want your lollies from the two dollars shop? Yeah, and the and the two, yeah. Yes. Yeah. However, yeah. I love lic. It's a bit like Avatar. I love licorice flavored things. Yeah. Um, hey, look, I've, have... I've got Dutch heritage. I love licorice as well. <laughs> but like, I I felt fairly comfortable slamming on licorice Fair. in a book. Fair. Okay. And this is Brian anyway. It's a different character. Yeah, it's true. Exactly. Um, Except, but... how much of Brian is Sean? That's the question. We're oh, all God. asking. Everybody's asking it when they read this. If if they know you, they're they're wondering. This is this is the problem. Look, okay. Have you guys read that? Yeah, I've, I've started reading it, and I also wondered how much of that character was Sean too. 
Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> it hasn't arrived yet, Sean. <laughs> Sean just held up. I his emailed it to you. <laughs> his, his, no, his, no, 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 but um, hard, I've, hard copy. I've still, oh, I, shit. I bought the hard copy. Yeah. Um, no, oh, he just held up <laughs> Pattern uh, Machine for those people who can't see what's happening right now, which is yep. the, the the Bastards series, right? Yes. Yeah. Look, three three or four books in there. Four. Four plus a failed novel, novel plus a stub of a book in the middle of it. You'll sure. find out. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a um, that's a good sell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> four plus a failed knowledge, not novel, and a stub of a book. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, look, this always comes up whenever I write something, yep. like because I always write first person. stuff people are just like this is you and i'm like no 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 no, it's not like in endless cycle james was kind of i guess some of my more radical politics dialed up to 11 in pattern machine steve was some of my darker thoughts dialed up to 11 yeah and brian is actually if i'm perfectly honest i don't really know brian Every now and again, he feels like me, but a lot of the time, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, I can. I can Maybe he's that. more competent than me. Maybe he's, he's more well regarded. I'm not sure, but I, he's he, he how, ain't me. I was struck with how competent he was when he when he yeah. got into that into Charlie's chair. Yeah, straight away, he he was making the right decisions. He was dealing with mm-hmm. conflict in the appropriate way. Um, yep. he was he was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting first. that isn't it? Because you you take. When when a character has a strong voice and it's coming from an author, you 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 wonder where the strong voice comes from, and it's yeah. it's similar to it's similar in a way. What you're saying is, you know, when I make a horror film, someone will come up to me sometimes and say, oh, "You're such a nice guy. Why do you? Like, <laughs> why why are you making these films? What's what? I don't get it. Where's the what's darkness? happening inside your head? Yeah, where's the darkness? Are you thinking about eating people right now? Is that what's going on beneath the surface? <laughs> a lot of the time, people don't get imagination. Yes, like mm. they just they simply don't. Like Endless Cycle is a book about like apolitical terrorists. Yeah, right. So when that came out, my grandmother she rang up my dad and went for 45 minutes like. I'm really worried about Sean. <laughs> I think he's going to become a terrorist. <laughs> My dad's just like, oh, mom. It's a character. It's fiction. Fiction. It's a character. This isn't real. Like, but people can't really mm. necessarily understand where ideas come from if they don't do have those sort of creative outlets themselves. Yes. And the thing is, right, that's difficult to explain is that, you know, you might write a book about being a murderer. Um, mm-hmm. And think quite deeply about the process of murdering people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. It doesn't mean you want to do it. You've just gone no. down that, you've gone on the journey. You've just walked mm-hmm. down the path a bit in your brain. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah exactly. Um, and that's hard what for people to understand. What is the logic of the situation? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is yeah. the logic of the situation that I'm trying to get onto the page? Yeah. If I were to murder someone, how would I do it? <laughs> it's sort of... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. No, it's exactly that. Yeah. 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 So I think we should talk about some Reminds Me Ofs. Yes. Should we do Reminds sure. Me Ofs? Yeah, absolutely. That's that. the name yeah. of the sh- goddamn show. It's the name of the show. I'm going to start with one of my absolute favorite authors of all time, Sean. 
um, apart from you, but you've just, oh, you've, oh. this is the first one I've read of yours, so you've just entered the, um, you know, the group. Um, <laughs> but uh, Nabokov, Pale Fire. Wow. Um, which, wow. Which is one of the greatest things of all time. But essentially, mm-hmm. and I've been read it for years and years, but it's um, it's a 999-line poem mm-hmm. um, for starters. Have you read Palfire? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nabokov's just Shevsky. Yes, yeah, exactly. And then the bulk of it is the commentary, mm-hmm. uh, the commentary about the poem that Nabokov or yep. one of his characters has written. So yep. as soon as I was just confronted with art and then commentary about the art, I just yeah right. I just went straight to to Vlad. Um, yeah, nice. So yeah, well done for getting me there because he's one of the titans. Yeah, thanks. So um, stick with me, Avatar two. <laughs> okay. Avatar. To, no, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I'm sure we could make some sort of <laughs> some tenuous connection. Yeah. Um, no, no, not at all. Uh, so you've actually, so you've actually brought this up in your own in your own blog. But uh, I could not help but think of Severance as I was reading yeah. Lunch Eater, and yeah. a lot because there's so many there's so many parallels in terms of depicting a pretty fucked up workplace um, mm-hmm. that is far from ideal and the people in it feel like they're trapped in this this world far removed from reality that's it's, it's it's its own little self-contained bubble which i think you do set up beautifully in lunch eater by the way um thanks and then and then alongside that is a a science fiction kind of event happening mm-hmm. it just feels like the world is being turned completely upside down and yet they're still in their bubble right through yep. right through to the end and that's yep. beautiful it's such a nice dare i say juxtaposition i'm i'm genuinely glad that i didn't watch any of severance until i'd actually finished yeah. writing uh, lunch eater because oh boy would that have infected things like, yeah, oh. and like I say that there, you know, obviously there's similarities there in the setup, but then you know they both go off in their completely different oh, directions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah could... but it's tapping into a similar sort of space. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, and then of course you can't. You can, I was only going to do one. Reminds me of, but you can't um, <laughs> talk about public the public service without talking about Utopia, I suppose. So yeah, you know, there's a yeah. little bit of that in there. There's a new season coming oh <gasps> really mm. oh that'll be fun that'll um, be very fun can i ask you do you have a yeah. reminds me of for your own piece of work mm. oh god how far up my own ass do i want to go, <laughs> go um, all the way so i read this novella years ago I, i'm gonna have to look it up because i can't remember who wrote it but it was called the room and it's like 85 pages, maybe a little more. Um, really, really just streamed line and razor sharp. And it's about, it's by a guy by the name of Jonas Carlson. And it's, it's just this really mundane office environment. And this new guy starts and he thinks he's better than um, most of the people he's working with. And 
seems to have some sort of a psychotic break where he starts going into the room, but then towards the end, it kind of turns out that he's just kind of like standing in a corner, essentially staring at the wall for like hours at a time. <laughs> yeah, it's a very bizarre little book. I highly recommend it. it it's absolutely fantastic. Um, beyond that, I guess just, you know, the, I think there's some fairly obvious influences on it, like James Elroy in terms of kind of the style, obviously weird fiction like Lovecraft, which I'm not giving away too much by saying that, but yep. you guys know what I'm talking 100%. about. Yep. Um, also, you know that meta narrator chapter? Yes. Mm. I feel like that came about because of this Korean film called Burning that I watched, which I highly recommend. Like, go out of your way Sweet. to watch it. It was on um, SBS On Demand for a while. It probably still is. Mm. Um, but there's just there's a few scenes in that that I think I was kind of channeling when I was, like, bashing that out one afternoon. Beautiful. The meta narrator. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah. That, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Great little step away from the story. It was yeah. stylistically quite mm. different, wasn't it? I, I recall yeah. that you'd gone from the uh, Brian-esque um, short, sharp paras to all of a sudden this, you know, these long paragraphs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got another one. Oh, awesome. Please. This oh. is a late one. Um, this person was influenced by Nabokov as well and is, one of again, one of my favourites. Martin Amos, London Fields. Oh, very nice. So very nice. London Fields also has elements in common. Firstly, the style, you're not exactly the same as Martin Amos, but the ability to to just have a punchy, humorous line and mm -hmm. it is is there and have to have humor side by side with kind of apocalyptic vibes mm -hmm. um, is similar. And this this book starts with knowing that a murder has been committed so they they give it away at the start and um you're just so you know the ending and mm -hmm. then you're you're reaching towards the ending which is a bit similar to yours there's also yep. this undercurrent or no there's also an author who is living life and then in between the chapters narrating on what he's um what he's written and how it's coming about which again is yep. similar to specifically your raw version. And mm -hmm. the final thing is there's this undercurrent of environmental sort of apocalypse, but it's a much slower burn apocalypse. It's called the crisis. So you've got the shriek, which the I shriek. love, and it's so immediate <laughs> and crazy, but this is the mm -hmm. crisis and it's a long, drawn-out kind of mm. slow decay. Um, mm -hmm. But, again, thematically, stylistically um, was rem reminiscent of which is a good thing because that's a great. Point. I mean, that's that's rarefied air to be. <laughs> to that, you know. I think that's all I got. Yeah, um, you mentioned just on the la just the last thing there. You in in your notes at some point you mentioned Murakami, and then mm -hmm. you mentioned not the one that you're thinking about, but the other one. If if, if I recall, Ryu. yeah, Ryu. There you go. Um, but actually, while I was reading, for some reason, I had IQ eighty four banging around in my head. Every okay, yeah. And and I think it was because of the sort of mundane everyday life that the main character in that book is living while mm -hmm. 
crazy things are going on and unexplained yeah. weirdnesses are happening all, all around mm-hmm. him. Um, and also just the little forays into just seemingly unrelated stuff that would happen every now and again in that book where you just go down a little, you walk down a little road, like, you know, stealing lunches from a fridge. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, just, I had that banging around in my head as well. Yeah, cool. Speaking of stealing lunches from a, from a fridge, um, can we just finish on, you know, the lunch eater part of this and just get a, an agreement between us all, uh, this shared authoring experience that we're going through yeah. of whether mm-hmm. the lunch eater component should be removed or dialed down or dialed up? No, dialed up, dialed 100%. Up. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I agree. I think they not, need, that, not yeah. that our votes mean anything in this situation. No, 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 no. Day, but. <laughs> I think the more people are saying it to me, the more I'm convinced. I think you know when I was thinking about okay, it's time to revise. I was like, well, that's easy. I can just like wholesale mm. pull them out. Yeah, but they do break things up really nicely. Mm. It's it's this other little side thing that's happening i mean it it becomes it, it i suspect it's still a decent book but it becomes quite dour and serious without mm-hmm. those little inserts so yes I so well done you've them. convinced me great yeah can't wait yeah. to read them <laughs> cannot wait to read them so will it just it so when will lunch eater not raw happen lunch eater lunch eater finished lunch eater do you think well my hope is because I feel like most of the other things are cracked. I don't know, maybe a month or two. Uh, to be honest, it depends what the public service is doing to me at the time. Sure. Like I, I could be able to smash it out in three days, really, if I tried, or it will take me three months. Yeah. Depending on whether or not there's another shriek. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, I love that you've taken us on the journey. Um, I love that you're releasing it in parts and then in this raw version with commentary and mm-hmm. then soon to be a complete final version it's very yep. cool well done like it's a big thank effort you. and I, I think it's cool that you're doing it thank you very much and look thanks again for having me on guys it's, it's a pleasure always a blast yes thanks for coming uh, always on. an absolute blast anytime you guys want me back just let me know awesome that's great Work when's it. avatar 3 is it <laughs> 2024 that's down the track <laughs> Yeah, that was great. And thanks for demystifying um, everything that was wrong with Avatar 2 as well. And for those of you watching or listening, yeah, um, please to hear more from Sean and us and the maestro, go and download the episode. Download or watch. What, I don't know what the terminology is. Yeah, Just watch. Do either or. And subscribe. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. See you, folks. Awesome. See you, Sean. Thanks, guys. See you, Sean. Thanks. Bye.